We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. No Jack Manuel, but regular on the show. Will Jackson, Will, how we doing? We escaped Dame time, baby. I'm doing good. How about you, Nick? I'm doing great. You know, coming off the road, victory 119-115. The Nets picking up the W in Portland. And like you mentioned, Dame Lillard dropped 60, but the Nets still came up on top. Yeah, no, I mean, it was a great night for Damian Lillard. And before we get into the Nets, let me just say I have all the respect in the world for him. 60 points against the Nets. I mean, it's tough to win those games, but... I mean, we know Portland is a tough place to win. We've lost there a lot recently, but this was just a great team win overall. We saw Nick Claxton for the first time. We saw a little bit of Zanon Musa, and just overall, I was really impressed with the Nets this game. Yeah, the effort level was different in this game. The turnovers are down. Before we get into it, quick reminder, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Dash Radio, otgbasketball.com, and netsrepublic.com. But, Will, who do you want to start with? Uh, I mean, let's start with the guy who won us the game, Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, Spence, I mean, he's had a really rough start to the season, but tonight he came yep. in scorching, knocked down his first three, three threes, finished with 34 points, 11-18 from the field, 6-10 from deep, 6-7 from the free throw line, five rebounds, four assists. What would you like about his game tonight, Will? I mean, it just felt like he was feeling it again. I mean, all season, like you said, he's been struggling. He hasn't been able to hit the three. He looked like he was a little lost out there. I mean, yes, it's a new group of players, but it's not the Dinwiddie that we've seen the last two years. And I think tonight was really his first good game of the season and something that the Nets are going to need moving forward. Like you said, 34 points, and most of that came in the second half, or most of that came in the fourth quarter, right? 
Or... Yeah, a lot of it came in the second half. There was just he just had these spurts of scoring yeah. where, yeah, I think there at one point he scored 15 straight for the Nets, and he was kind of helping them match Dame. And I think it just screams to the luxury the Nets have that you have three good guards because yep. we'll talk about Karis Lurie later. It wasn't a good game for him, but your backcourt still finished with 67 points between Kyrie and Spence. And you mentioned it, like he just came in with a def- different mindset tonight. You could see off that first three, he was kind of oozing with confidence, and we haven't seen that in the last couple games. So if he can stay aggressive and even just give the Nets pretty much 75 of this they'll be in such good shape especially that bench unit yeah like you said whenever one of the two guard one of the three guards is off at least you have two more and they finish with 67 points and the nets are going to need that if they're going to keep going forward i mean this team is built around those three players yes we have a lot of depth around them but we need two of them going every night if we're going to keep be successful and spencer being on tonight won us this game yeah, exactly, and that's pretty much spot on. Moving to Kyrie, who didn't actually have an amazing game, but when it came to the fourth quarter, he was knocking down dagger after dagger, and he pretty much sealed the W for the Nets. No, I know he wasn't efficient for the majority of the game, finished at 44% from the field, but um, I know you sent out a tweet, Kyrie adding to his uh, resume of clutch threes for the Nets. Same spot every time. I'm just loving what I'm seeing so far from him. He's being aggressive. He's being consistent. He's being the leader of this team that, I mean, there's a lot of questions coming into the season. Could he lead this team? And I think he's really doing that thus far. Yeah, he really has. In every clutch moment, Kyrie's looked, hey, give me the ball. I'm going to hit this shot. And for the most part, he's been extremely successful. And I just loved his actual attitude on defense, too. You saw him pick up Dame Lillard a lot late in the fourth quarter, trying to, you know, one-up him being the point guard battle. Obviously, Dame had 60. The Nets didn't need that from Kyrie tonight. But it was good to see him kind of take on the defensive assignment. Yeah, I mean, six assists is something that you like to see from him on a night. I mean, I think his career average assist is around six, so that's average for him. Uh, 33 points, and um, yeah, I mean, we like I know you mentioned to me before we started the pod, we only had uh, nine turnovers this entire game. Kyrie only had one. I mean, something that he's been doing well this season is protecting the ball. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, another great game protecting the ball. Spence as well, who's had some rough turnover games, four and fives. He was only down to one as well. So I think that was just also a great team effort and probably something Kenny coached them extremely hard in the last three days where they didn't have a game. Yeah, no, I mean, Kenny, we know that when something's going wrong, he will step up his coaching emphasis around certain things. And I think that's something that we really like about him as a coach. Yeah, it showed tonight. And uh, getting on to another guy, not another big game, but he came up with two clutch threes, and that was Joe Harris. Yeah, it took him a while to find it. He didn't hit a three until that fourth quarter, corner three. And then also, have we ever seen Joe Harris take a step back three before? I mean, no, I mean, we have, but like not in a clutch moment where it mattered like that, and he hit that with confidence. I know. I mean, it wasn't the best game from him overall, but 14 points he finished with. It started out slow, but he hit it when it mattered, and that's what you really need from him. He's not the st- cornerstone of this team. He's not something that we rely on to put up 20 a game, but he mattered when it, but he hit the shots when it mattered most, and that's what we want from him. Yeah, and I think Portland deserves a lot of credit for Joe having a rough game. They did an extremely good job chasing around screens, kind of pushing him off that three-point line. You saw in a couple attempts he had to step inside. He had a couple of nice uh, layup attempts on Whiteside, but then Whiteside caught him a couple times. But talking centers, Jared Allen, I thought, played a really good game. He stepped up. He was extremely active offensively and defensively. Yeah, uh, three offensive rebounds for him. Um, the last two games, I think he's just been so much more aggressive offensively. Uh, I know he really struggled early in the season just to find it with a new team around him, but against, uh, against New Orleans and now against Portland, he's really stepped it up. I feel like he's being more aggressive. He's being more assertive. He's getting those slams to go now, and that's really something the Nets are going to need, especially with Jordan out for a while. 
Yeah, you saw the confidence pick up, and he played 35 minutes tonight, and he had three offensive rebounds, but there was a couple times he got loose ball fouls on Portland, helped the Nets get into the bonus, and it's the small things like that that help you win games, and then we have to shout out the five blocks. You know, obviously Dame caught him a couple times, but other than that, everyone on Portland was going to have nightmares about him, specifically C.J. McCollum. Yeah, no, this was a season high in blocks for him, and that's something that the Nets are going to need from him because, like I said with Joe Harris, we're not expecting him to put up, you know, 10 blocks a game, but we do need him to do his job, and his job right now is to protect the rim, and that's exactly what he did tonight. And now moving on to Karis LeVert, you know, like we mentioned, not a great game for him. Seven points, two at 13 from the field, missed a lot of layups. But the thing you do like from him, nine rebounds, five assists. You know, he had some impact plays late in the game when he wasn't knocking down shots. Yeah, and that's something that you have to love about Karis is when he's not feeling it, he's still doing something. It's not like he's just being a total negative out there. Like you said, the nine rebounds and five assists, he's not scoring, but he's still finding the open guy. He's passing up his shot he's giving it inside to Allen he's giving it to Claxton he's giving it to Kyrie and letting them do something with it and on defense I feel like he was pretty solid tonight as well yeah there was a couple plays where he got beat but they have some really talented guards over there and you mentioned him hitting Claxton it felt like they had a really nice chemistry for essentially probably never really playing many minutes together yeah I mean if we're gonna start start talking about Claxton I mean can I just say (laughs) freaking welcome to Brooklyn I mean, come on. Are you not impressed by this guy? I think he just brings so much energy to the team. And we didn't even see his full repertoire tonight. I mean, we know we saw in the preseason he can hit that outside shot. If tonight was just a glimpse of what he can do with five offensive rebounds, a couple putbacks, he went to the line a couple times, he was pretty good on defense too. I mean, I'm just so excited for him. Yeah, I, you love the activity and the confidence. And I think uh, Chris Carino said this on the broadcast. He looked comfortable out there. You know, for your first essential NBA game, you know, attacking inside, getting to the free throw line, you know, he could hit a better percentage from there, but so could Jared Allen. I was really impressed with Claxton. There's obviously room for improvement, but for your first rookie showing, you've definitely kind of uh, raised some eyebrows and maybe you could get minutes in the future. Do you think that he's going to get minutes even when DJ comes back if he continues to play like this? It's it's really tough to say because Kenny elects to not go with two bigs, you know, 99% mm-hmm. of the time. If Claxton over this time where DeAndre's out shows an ability to hit a three-point shot or maybe, you know, impresses us showing the ability to use that skill set he showed at Georgia in the NBA, then maybe he'd get minutes next to DeAndre. But I think for now, he'll most likely kind of get sent to the bench because Kenny just avoids going to that four. But if he's really good, I don't think he'll have a choice because Kenny even knows, even last year with Rodion's, he wanted to bench him, but eventually he knew that he just had to play him. Yeah, and are you surprised that we haven't seen Rodion's uh, tonight or the last couple games? I actually was not surprised we didn't see him. I had mentioned to Jack on a previous show, I think Rodion probably should get his minutes swap for Nawaba. Nawaba mm-hmm. wasn't great, but he pretty much made less mistakes than Rodion's. It was better defensively. I would like to see Rodion's get going at some point during the season. He's definitely in a funk. Maybe after his legal stuff has settled down, he'll get back to going in his game, but I think he has to earn those minutes back. Yeah, we know he can be an effective player. I mean, last season he went on a run, a stretch of the season like December to February, where he was really an effective player. He was hitting the outside shot. He was really great at cutting. He was catching the lobs from D'Lo. If he can get back to that player, I think he can be a dangerous asset later on. 100%. And I think the Nets want him to get back to that level, especially for the three-point shot and the defensive versatility he can bring to the team and the energy. But, um, you know, his rookie mate from last year, John Musa, saw some minutes tonight. And I thought that was nice. And I think he gave the second unit a little bit of offensive push. He did. And uh, let's move on. Someone who didn't have a great game, Torian Prince. What do you think about him? Yeah, it was pretty much Torian Prince's first rough game of the season. A lot of it, I think, was around the foul trouble, and it just kind of took him out of rhythm. Yeah, I know he had 3,000 in the first half. He ended up with four pretty early as well, only 3.7 rebounds. 
Uh, he took an ugly three. Um, he ended up going one to three from three and one to six from the field. That was his only make. Um, I just, he didn't look comfortable out there. I mean, all season he looked really great and we can excuse him for one bad game. Um, and I don't think this is the Prince that we're going to see moving on. I think this was just a rough game. Um, but he was still, so he, he can still be great. I just, it wasn't a great game for him. Yeah, I mean, I think it's nothing to really worry about. Defensively, he was still fine on that side of the ball, and you like the seven rebounds. It's just, like I said, I think the foul trouble just kind of disrupted him, and he wasn't necessarily feeling it from the start, and I feel like he's a guy, if he has a good first quarter, he's going to have a good game. If he has a bad first quarter, it might be tough for him to get in a positive end in terms of scoring. Kind of like Damari Carroll last year. Yeah, it could be similar, except, you know, Torian, I think, gives you some better defense. But yep. we mentioned this earlier what did you think about the defense in the first half? In the second half, you know, it got a little out of control. But in the first half, we saw some good stretches of defense from the Nets. I think in the first quarter, I have. I mean, I know six minutes remaining in the second quarter, Portland only had 26 points. Um, I think we were really holding up well in that first quarter and half. Dame hasn't, hadn't really gotten it going yet. He really started to get it going in that third quarter. Um, I think we were switching well. I think we were staying on assignments. Um, it just really just fell apart in that third quarter and fourth quarter. Yeah, and I, you mentioned the switching, and I felt like the Nets defense was at its best when it was switching a lot, especially on some of that off-ball stuff, and just not allowing them to get open threes. You saw the issues really come in that second half where they weren't switching, they were giving too much space to Dam or whatever guard it was, and they were either to get downhill or take a step back three. Yeah, no, um, and in the third quarter, that's kind of when things started to fall apart. We weren't switching as well. Damian Lillard was just hitting every shot, and that's okay. When we go against a superstar like that, he's bound to hit shots like that he was hitting every three he was hitting every step back three he was getting everything inside and that's okay because we got out of it right we were able to fight that and come out with a win and it, like we kind of hinted at it like some of the defense on dame lillard was still very good he was just literally hitting shots over his head where he wasn't even looking at the rim but will what was the biggest positive takeaway from this game in your eyes Biggest positive takeaway has to be the return of Spencer Dinwiddie. I mean, the Nets are going to need him moving on. He had 34 points tonight, and he's not going to do that every night. He, this was only his sixth career game with 30-plus. But like we said earlier, the Nets are built around these three guards right now until Kevin Durant comes back. And for the Nets to be successful, they are going to need two of them at least to be on, and that's what happened tonight. Especially when you're playing a good team like Portland, like we mentioned, in Portland. They're going to need these guys to step on the rest of the road trip. And I'll just be a little bit different not going with Spencer because that was obviously a great takeaway. I think the turnover number really impressed me. Getting it down to nine where there's been multiple games over 20 this season, that's like, okay, you took care of the ball, took care of the ball and you got a solid win on the road. And one more takeaway. Um, last season, we weren't really putting away games. And I feel like tonight we were finally able to put it away, if you get what I mean. Yeah, I mean, it was close to two minutes left, and that's how the opportunity to step up, and they did. You know, they did get a little bit too close to comfort at the end, but they they made those big plays, and that's what happens when you have a superstar like Kyrie Irving. What would be your biggest negative takeaway from this game, Will? My biggest negative takeaway would probably... Hmm, that's a tough one, because I feel like we played a solid game. Um... I would say for me is still the lack of ability to play a full 48 minutes mm -hmm. and four good quarters because that third quarter offensively they still had some pop, yep. but they let the Portland Trailblazers score 37, and 37 is just way too much in an NBA quarter. Yeah, and in the New Orleans game, I think they scored 48 in the third quarter, so the third quarter is something that we're going to have to clean up moving on because if we're playing a really great team like the Lakers or the 76ers moving on, we're not going to be able to come back from that. So I think that's something that we have to clean up. And another negative about this game is I, 
like I said, Torian Prince and Karis LeVert, they didn't look great tonight, and I think we just need to look for them to have a bounce-back game in Phoenix. Yeah, and I would just throw in there the free throws. That's a little bit of a concern. Especially with Allen and Claxton. But yeah. And Claxton, you kind of expect he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. He might struggle from the line. Like Jared Allen, you shot good percentages the last few seasons. I think another guy's uh, free throw percentage I'm getting a little bit worried about, too, would be Karis Levert. like to see mm-hmm. him knock down some of those attempts. But going to Phoenix, how confident are you in that game? Or is this possibly a game where the Nets are going to have to put out their best punch because the Suns have been playing some good basketball? Yeah, I mean, there's this term that's put out a lot. It could be a trap game. We're playing a team that, you know, didn't look good coming into the season, but... They've been looking really good. I know they beat Philly. They beat the Clippers. It's not going to be an easy win. I know against Phoenix the last few years, we've had a couple easy wins. But Devin Booker's a star. I mean, this is a well-coached team. I have a lot of respect for Monty Williams and that entire staff. And it's in Phoenix. It's going to be a tough one. Um, luckily, we had uh, three days off and another day off tomorrow. So a lot of time to rest up going into this one. Um, but I am somewhat confident because I feel like we are the better team right now. And it feels like this is the type of game that helps you get confidence. You mm-hmm. beat Portland at, on the road against a good team, like we mentioned, and then Dame Lillard dropping 16, you still come out with the W. How do you think the Nets are going to look to defend Devin Booker in this one, who's you know been off to a great start onto his best NBA season? I mean, we haven't done a good job defending the superstar of teams so far this season. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns has started with Damian Lillard tonight, Brendan Ingram in the Pelicans game. It's going to be really really tough to defend him. I think it's going to be a mix of Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie having to play really good help defense against him. Yeah, I, Karis actually had probably one of his best defensive performances last year against Devin Booker before the injury. Obviously, that was a different Suns team. Mm-hmm. I'd also like to see Kenny go to trap Devin Booker if he were to get hot in that game because Miami had some real success doing that in their previous loss. But, Will, any other final thoughts you want to get out, on, out there before we leave? Yeah. Um, what did you think about Musa getting five and a half tonight? Yeah, I, I was pretty happy with Musa. I think he can give the offense a little bit extra punch. You know, it can knock down the three ball. You saw him get a transition bucket. He's just another offensive threat, especially if you're going to play a guy like David Nwaba. Yeah, I mean, he's someone that we really don't know what he can be yet. I know the Nets have said, oh, we wanted to handle the ball, but he's also, what, 6'9". So, I mean, he's kind of an offensive anomaly. I mean, we've seen him be able to hit the three, and he's also been able to drive. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do if he gets more minutes moving down the stretch. I mean... Especially with Jordan out, he could be a candidate for more minutes if someone else gets cold. Uh, But other than that, I think there's nothing else I want to bring up. Yeah, uh, well, interesting with Musa, see if he can play the NBA-level defense and then how consistent is the O. But as always, well, a pleasure talking Nets with you. Big thanks, everybody listening. You can find the show on iTunes, otgbasketball.com, netsrepublic.com, Google Play, and Dash Radio. Also, make sure you head to Design Tree slash Off the Glass, grab some OTG merch. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran. Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.